Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. October 22nd, 2020. Dars highlights. The dars consisted mainly of commentary on Surah An-Nur, verses 45-52. The first verse after Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is Wallahu khalaqa kulla dabbatin min ma' God created every beast from water. Among them are those that go upon their bellies, and among them are those that go upon two legs, and among them are those that go upon four. The Sheikh commented on this verse and explained that when you practice Tawheedul Jama' declaring God's oneness in union versus Tawheedul Farq where you do Tawheed in separation the Murid begins with Tawheedul Jama' proclaiming God's oneness in isolation in union and typically takes the Sir of Tawheedul Jama' the innermost secret of Tawheed of Union in the Khalwa. This Tawheed al-Jama' is easier than Tawheed al-Farq, than Tawheed of Separation. When you're practicing Tawheed al-Jama' you apply the verses of the Qur'an that you read to yourself. You find what the Qur'an describes, what Allah describes in the horizons and you discover those things within you. When Allah says that there are beasts that walk on their stomachs or that go upon their bellies, this is an aspect within you or types of servants out there who chase the here below, the dunya, who are striving to fill their stomachs, whose furthest end is to gain wealth and food. Other beasts go on two feet. A beast, a dabba, is anything that walks or roams upon the earth. Even your cells can be considered to be beasts in this regard. Anything that moves across the earth in one way or another has this quality of beast and uh, can be brought under the fold of this verse. So those that walk on the earth on their stomachs are those that chase the dunya and wealth and food. Those that walk on two feet, as per the hadith about take off your, your shoes or take your sandals off in tasawwuf, the reference to two feet is always a reference to the here below and the hereafter. So those that walk on two feet are those that have rectitude. They have one foot in the dunya and one in the akhirah. And finally, those that are on four feet are those who are obsessed with the pursuit of conjugal relations, of sexual relations. And the verse ends by the proclamation that God creates whatsoever He wills. Truly God is powerful over all things. These are signs, the verse is telling us, for those who reflect the states of servants around you, the variety of tendencies that you observe and people around you is a sign of God. And you flee from those who are not upon the path, from those who are going upon their bellies. You flee from those that walk on all four. If you don't have the power and the resolve to invite those types to the path, the best thing to do is to flee from them. If you don't have the strength, 
you flee and you reflect on the diversity of states of God's servants. This is why the next verse says, We have brought down clear signs, signs of God in the diversity of his servants, in order for you to reflect upon them. The following verse is where the believers say, We believe in God and his messenger, and we obey. But then a group of them turn away thereafter, and they are not believers. So the verse reads, and they say we believe in God and in the messenger and we obey. Then a group of them turns away and they are not believers. Concerning this verse, the Sheikh mentioned the difference between what he called wild dogs and trained dogs. And a trained dog that has a collar around its neck and is loyal. Murid's We are trained dogs with the collar around our necks that's marked by the tasbih. Our master put this collar around us. And when we recognize someone who's from our neighborhood, someone who's part of the family, who's a member of the household, we let them in. This is what trained dogs are trained to do. And a trained dog has constancy perseverance and presence and knows those who are familiar and close, those who have intimacy and those who have togetherness with the spirit. When a trained dog sees a stranger, they scare them away because they're not worthy of entering the household and so we chase them away. Look at how many shahadas have been put out over 740 testimonials at this point. What happened to so many of those murids who are no longer in touch with us? Why are they distant from us after having testified about the nur? The reason is simple. Al-nafs, lower self, al-hawa, whims or caprice, and shaitan, the devil. Awliya'uhum al-ta'ut their awliya, their friend, is this taghut, this demonic tyrant, who brings them out of the light into the darkness, because they say what they don't practice. They claim to see the nur, and then they slowly withdraw from it. After you're given the sir, the secret of the, the first secret of the path, you need constancy and firmness in the path, thabat, You have to study the Qur'an and keep it close to you. You must keep listening to the durus of the shaykh. You have to root and cement the sir, make it firm with piety, with study of the Qur'an, with contact with the shaykh. Otherwise, the nur slowly leaves your heart and what remains instead is the darkness. And slowly the sir itself that you were given is rejected by the heart. And thereafter the nur is rejected by the heart. And thereafter the murid begins to fight the nur. And those are not the believers. Those who say we believe in God and in the messenger and we obey. Then a group of them turn away. 
they do not have iman, the light of belief, in them. And God asks concerning those types. He says, Afi qulubihim marad? Is there an illness in their heart? Is there a disease in their hearts? Or do they doubt or fear that God and His Messenger will deal unjustly with them? Nay, but it is they who are the wrongdoers. The Sheikh comments, Do not imagine that you have attained firmness and constancy on the path. You have to always fear God's deception. Makrullah. The followers of Sayyidina Musa والسلام, witnessed the splitting of the sea with their own eyes and then they worshipped the calf, the golden calf, and then they asked to be sent to Egypt. The followers of Sayyidina Isa ate from a plate from a feast, the Ma'ida, the table that was sent down from heaven itself, and then turned away. Murids witness the nur, and they leave the path. And Allah asks, Afi qulubihim marad? Is there a disease in their hearts? Their behavior surprises God Almighty Himself. And He asks, Is there an illness in their heart? When you come across this verse, you should fear Allah, fear His deception, and bind yourself, attach yourself to God's rulings, to His book. If, once you see the nur, you turn away, or you lack constancy, and then you stop seeing it, now you don't see it, then that means that you've turned your back against it, you've given your back, you've turned away from righteousness, and you have a new qibla. You faced the qibla of your whims, which is Iblis, qiblatul hawa. If your qibla was Allah, was the real, then your journey would be shortened. Your path to God wouldn't be so long. And yet, the Lord is stunned by your behavior and your illness for putting yourself in this state. Those are the wrongdoers. They wronged themselves. God displayed His signs upon the horizons and within their own souls. He brings together and stitches everything on the horizon within your soul. He unstitches what's within the soul upon the horizons so that you see it clearly. And after all of that clarity, you concoct some nonsensical thoughts and turn your back to God's rulings and to sound creed in order for your word to be higher than his. You are a Khalifa, a vicegerent, and your function is to serve as a vicegerent. And yet you wrong yourself and you bring yourself down to a low level and so you become a wrongdoer. If you want to be among those who hear and obey, then you have to first affirm that the nur is real, that the nur is in the Qur'an, and take bay'ah, and don't flee from this noble station, do not turn away from it. And once you come, and once the Shaykh casts nur into your heart, by God's permission, and after he gives you instructions, 
on how to behave, how to live, how to comport yourself, how to devote yourself to worship. If you hear all of that and you apply it, then you are among the folk or the people of Sam'an wa Ta'a. You are among the delivered believers. You are among the people of success. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ الْمُفْلِحُونَ إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ The speech of the believers when they are called to God and to His Messenger to judge between them. What they say is سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and obey وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ الْمُفْلِحُونَ And they are the ones who succeed. وَمَنْ يُطْعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَخْشَى اللَّهَ وَيَتَّقِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ Those who obey God and His Messenger and fear God and have are conscious of Him or have reverential fear of Him, they are the winners. Fear your Lord in solitude and in congregation. Fear Him at night and during the day. Cultivate reverential fear. Taqwa. It's an all-enveloping light in the heart that covers all of the limbs. At-taqwa is defined by the Prophet when he says, Make me light. Cover my limbs with light. To listen and obey is to have one face. To turn one face to Allah and to His creation. To be sincere for Allah and His nur. It's to fear that your face, by which I mean your heart, will be sealed up and made impure. Flee from those who have eloquence, eloquent speech, but no nur. There are those in the tariqah who flee from us and seek refuge in others who have eloquent speech, but no nur. Then the verse continues that And they swear, these people who flee and show two faces, they swear by God with their most solemn oaths that if you were to command them, they would surely go forth. And Allah says, swear not, but give honorable obedience. Surely God is aware of what you do. As Sheikh comments, your words are an oath after you take the nur. We consider what you say to be an oath. It's an elevated and an exalted affair after bay'ah. Your words, even before bay'ah, are castles and vegetations of the hereafter. They're plants that you plant in the garden, if that's your intention. After the bay'ah, they are oaths, they are proximity to the Divine Presence. Everything is built upon the tongue. And the Prophet says, Place nur on my tongue. He asks God to put nur in his tongue. The difference between words and intentions. It came up in this discussion. The Shaykh explained that when there is nur in the heart, the two are the same. The intention is in the heart, the word is on the tongue. But a tongue that's luminous a tongue that expresses the luminosity of a luminous heart, is one that speaks on behalf of pre-eternity. It's a spokesperson of al-azal, of eternity. But if there's hypocrisy in the heart, 
if it faces darkness and light, then there are words that are not followed up with actions. The words may sound luminous, but they speak on behalf of a mixed heart. The one who speaks with truth and sincerity, the one who consults his or her heart, who knows himself by himself, who listens to his heart before listening to others, who knows that his reality, his root, is lowly, is sufli, and who sincerely prays for elevation and for purification. He prays for his lower self to become a soul at peace. Nafsul Mutma'inna. That's a sincere person, not the one who faces darkness and light. And the verse says, but if they turn away, he is only accountable for what he has burdened himself. And you are accountable for what you have been burdened. And the Sheikh says, if they turn away, it's on them. The first verse that you heard from me is the verse of Bay'ah. Those who pledge allegiance to you pledge allegiance to none other than God and the hand of God is above their hands and those who turn away, who renege on their pledge they carry that burden it's your nafs, it's the weight of your lower self that you carry around but if they obey him the verse continues you will be rightly guided and Nothing is incumbent upon the messenger except for the clear conveying or proclamation of the message. Al-Balagh al-Mubin To clearly convey the light. Your merchandise, your commodity is an-nur. And there are two things here in, in these verses. You have the security of the believer, the amn, the tranquility and serenity that they experience as a result of knowing Allah, as well as the fear and reverential piety that they cultivate, as a result of their wayfaring, of their suluk. You have aman, sense of secure confidence and safety, that's generated by ma'rifa, by knowledge of Allah. It's, it comes from passing away from, other, from all distractions and directions. It's the Alhamdulillah, I've passed away. It's all that is upon it is fana, except for the face of Allah. That's what it means to be secure. To know that God gives life and causes death. To know that you are a nur from his nur. That's what it means to be secure. To say, I am a nur in God's presence, and I'm absent from my own darkness, and I deny my own existence in darkness altogether by virtue of my servanthood vis-à-vis Allah's Lordship, to have togetherness in all things, to have, to realize God's presence in all things, with all things, before all things, after all things, because Allah Ta'ala is beyond all things, because there is nothing like Him. So to know Him in a shay, before the shay, after the shay, after the thing. This is the Amen. The Salamun Qawlan Mir Rabbir Rahim. Peace, a word from a merciful Lord. That sense of peace comes from Ma'rifa. And it's complemented by the active 
spiritual traveling or wayfaring, the suluk, which generates chashia, fear of God, reverential piety. Then the Sheikh commented on the verse, uh, say, Obey God and obey, obey the Messenger. The Prophet is extinguished in Allah. He passed away in Him. All He says and does, His actions, His words, all of them are illuminating. They generate nur. The Sheikh casts nur in your heart. The usul, the foundations of the path that He establishes generate nur. Denying Him amounts to denying the Prophet in this regard because he commands you to cling to his progeny to the Hitra to follow their beliefs, their actions, their words what they say, what they do has to be emulated and affirmed in wayfaring some will say ah, the Sheikh is too Jalali this is too intense, the Sheikh has too much majesty the Prophet ﷺ was Jalali as well. He didn't decree beauty for a thief. Acted with Jalal in moments of Jalal and in Jamal in moments of Jamal. The heart itself fluctuates between majesty and beauty. Jamal and Jalal. It's the ruh, the spirit that's in the unchanging realm of the command of Lordship. Min Amri Rabbi. The Spirit is from the command of the Lord. And the final verse, and perform the prayer and give the alms, the zakat, and obey the messenger, that hopefully, that happily, you may receive mercy. And here, the Sheikh says that mercy, you attract divine mercy through wayfaring and the divine name and action. Here, it's performance of the prayer, giving of the alms, obedience towards the messenger, عليه الصلاة والسلام اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد